0: Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this another day that you've given us to come together and worship your holy and righteous name. We thank you, God, for what you are doing in each and every one of our lives. And God, as we enter now uh, into this time, God, of hearing from you, God, I ask that you would prepare our hearts, that you would open our minds, that we might receive what you have for us today. God, we recognize how much you love us, God, and we love you as well. So teach us, God, how to love like you love, uh, that we might honor you in everything we do. This is our prayer in our son Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning, everyone, again. Good morning, good morning. Thank you again for coming and worshiping uh, with us today at Cross Church. We're so excited uh, for your presence. We want to thank our worship team for uh, leading us in worship. Let's give God praise for them. Amen, amen for leading us in worship today. Um, As we continue on um, in our series called Love Connection, Dealing with the relationship principles of Jesus Christ. This whole month of February, which is traditionally known as the love month. So we wanted to talk about love, but from the perspective of God. Today we want to talk from a simple scripture from Matthew 12 and 34. Matthew 12 and 34. And it's on the screen. It says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. And today we want to talk about heart talk. We want to talk about heart talk. Really dealing with communication and and dealing with how we communicate uh, from our heart and from the heart of Jesus. According to an Italian newspaper, there was one Italian man recently uh, that became so frustrated by his wife's uh, constant begging and nagging and and just, you know, just chattering his ear uh, that he had himself arrested uh, just for one night because he figured if he could just spend one night in jail, he would have some peace. (laughs) And so the police came and they gathered him and they took him to the jail, processed him, prepared him and put him uh, in the cell. But no more than 10 minutes had gone by after he had been securely locked up uh, in the uh to his surprise, his wife, who was also in cuffs and, and who was also being processed and who was also being put in jail. See, the wife had found out about his plot to to get arrested and, and to get away from her, and so she decided that she would get herself arrested too. And she knew that the jail only had two cells, and so she figured that she would have a captive audience for all of her complaints for 24 hours. Amen. Communication. Heart talk. In week one of our series, we, we discovered that relationships matter, that, 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 that God created us to relate not only to one another, but to relate to him. Last week, we talked about real love, meaning that God has shown us and he has called us to love one another the way that he loves us. And this week, we deal with how do we communicate with one another The pastor that counseled uh, Joy and I when we got married and and a great friend and and mentor to me uh, had a communication tool that he used for his couples called Heart Talk. Uh, Heart Talk was simply an opportunity for a couple to sit down together um, face to face with no distractions, focusing on one another and talking directly from the heart. Uh, but but not just uh, just saying what was on their mind but but communicating in a loving and trusting and honest form. And it's in this sharing of the heart that that they were given a chance and that we were given a chance to to correct misconceptions, to erase assumptions and to strengthen the ties in our relationship. God is is, is calling us to have heart talk not only with one another but with him. And so today we want to deal with what it means to, to communicate with God and what it means to communicate with one another. The first principle is this, that there is, no, there is a connection rather between our hearts and our words. There is a connection between our hearts and our word. On the positive side... Um, whatever's in your heart, if your heart is filled with joy, if it's filled with excitement, if it's filled with happiness, then that will, will translate into the words that you speak to one another. But conversely to that, if your heart is filled with bitterness, if your heart is filled with anger, if your heart is filled with resentment, then the words that you use when when you're dealing with people in your lives will reflect that. And Jesus emphasizes uh, here in Matthew 12 that he is concerned about the condition of our hearts. He's concerned about our hearts because he says out of the overflow, meaning the, the abundance, what's filling our hearts comes the words that we speak. Mm-hmm. And, and, and friends, we have to ask ourselves, what is the condition of my heart? Well, what, 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 what condition do, is my heart, is my heart filled with, with anger or is my heart filled with love? Have I been hurt so much by other people? Have I I felt rejected by other people? Have I felt that God is not there for me and so as a result now I am angry and so that anger results in how I speak and how I communicate and how I deal with one another. For some of us, our hearts have been damaged. For others of us, our hearts have been filled with joy. But whatever is in our hearts will flow out uh, through our words. But James says in James 1 and 9, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because man's anger does not bring about the righteousness of God. Friends, we, we have to take a step back and recognize that, that, that God is concerned about the words that we speak. That, that in essence, we will give an account before God of what we say and also for what we do. But this connection between our words and our hearts is a two-way thing. It's a two-way thing. Out of your heart overflows your words, but out of your words it builds up your heart. And, and so, so when, you, when you use words that are, that are destructive, when you use words that are hurtful, then you are creating a condition also within your heart. The words that, that we speak must be taken more seriously because they have power. Proverbs 18 and 23 says, the tongue has power over life and death. We, in essence, can speak life and death not only in our own lives and our own situations, but in the lives of other people. Let me give you an example, more recent example. I was uh, at the basketball game yesterday, and, and our, son was, our oldest son was playing basketball. They were playing against a team that was much older, much bigger, um, that uh, may be perceived to have much more athletic ability than them. The coach comes over to us and tells us that, that he basically told the boys, you don't have a chance of winning this game. I just want you guys to go out there and play hard and learn from the other team. He spoke deaf into their situation. He, he discounted the fact that, that, that when you step onto the court, there still is an opportunity to win. He planted a negative seed in them that resulted in how they played. Friends, when we use words to hurt others, we hurt ourselves more deeply. They are opening, when we do this, when we use words to hurt others, we're opening our hearts to Satan. And we're making ourselves vulnerable to him and we're opening ourselves up to kill the relationship that God has blessed us with. Say something in the heat of an argument that can't ever be taken back. That just doesn't damage the person that you said it to, but that damages your relationship. That damages you in the long run. We have to be careful about what we say. I'll give you another example at the same basketball game. It was cray-cray yesterday at the basketball game. It really was. But because I uh, don't know where after the coach had came and told us this, then all of a sudden behind us was this argument that was taking place between uh, some people that we kind of know and some that we don't know. And, and, and th- there was this argument because something was said that, a, that, 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 that another person's child heard that they didn't like. And as a result, they were angry, and so it escalated to the point that that a man told a woman that she was nothing but white trash, uh, she was nothing but a white trash whore. At a basketball game, children around, the impact of, of what we say, the impact of of the things that come out of our mouths, how they can not only hurt other people, but they can hurt your reputation. They can they can hurt uh, people's opinions of you, and they can hurt people around you. But friends, to break the cycle of hurtful words, we have to change the focus of our heart. Matthew four and seventeen says, "Change your heart and life, and because the kingdom of heaven is near." See, friends, in order to change our heart, we have to change our priorities and our focuses in life. We have to focus our lives, what the Bible says in in Matthew 6, when it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of the things will be added unto him. We have to focus our heart on what God desires for us. Because as long as our minds are focused on God, as long as our hearts are focused on God, as long as we're thinking the things that God uh, wants us to think and we're, we're, we're opening ourselves up to receive from him, then the words that we use will reflect that. Point two, principle two, all relationships are fueled by communication. Communication and relationships are like cars and fuels. A car will never reach its destination if it doesn't have enough gas. A relationship will not go anywhere without communication. Just like your car needs the right type of fuel, your relationship needs the right type of communication to make it through life. Question. Are you fueling your life by communicating with God through prayer? Or or, have you lately let your guard down and open your heart to God? Are you communicating with love to other people? in life? Friends, if we can't learn how to communicate with God, then we won't ever be able to effectively communicate with one another. If, if, if we don't know how to talk to God, it, it, no matter what the situation is no matter what we're dealing in and dealing with in life, then we won't ever know how to talk to one another. A great example of this with Paul was, was praying to God and he had a, a physical condition that limited him from doing what he thought God wanted him to do. He felt that that limited him. And so Paul says, he says, I went to God three times I went to God three times and asked God, God, can you fix this so I can be better for you? And God's answer to Paul was, Paul, my grace is sufficient. In other words, I've given you just what you need to overcome what you're dealing with in order to do what I've asked you to do. And friends, it's that kind of open communication line that we have to have with God. It's nothing wrong with telling God, God, I don't understand. God, why is this happening? God, take this away from me. God, do this or God, help me here. God does not mind us communicating with him like that but do we allow the time to listen to what God has to tell us you, you know Paul Paul could have said it he, he said it three times I went to God once and I went to God twice and I went to God three times and I suspect that God gave Paul the same answer every three, all three times but yet he kept going back and he kept coming going back and I guess third time's a charm, right? And so he got what God was saying. Friends, when when we go to God and when we open our hearts to him and say, God, I'm coming to you vulnerable. God, I, I don't I don't know nowhere else to get any help from, but God, I need you. I need you. God will answer us. We live in a nation where fifty percent of couples don't communicate. 86 of those divorced say that the cause of their divorce was deficient communication. 25% of people uh, indicate that, uh, young people indicate that they have never had one meaningful conversation with their father. Think about the impact that that's had on our community and on our, on our families and, and on the people that we deal with. There is no community, there is no relationships without communication. So the question is what is the barrier of communication in your relationship? In your relationship, your relationship with God, your relationship with one another. What what other barrier? Is it lack of trust? Has your trust been violated? H- has your trust been broken? Has your heart been broken? H- was there fear of of rejection that you might be experiencing? What, what is it that is, that is preventing you from communicating the way God desires for us to communicate with him and in our relationships? But friends, let me say this. God never, he never uh, abuses our trust. God never abuses our trust. If you can think of one time that, that you relied and trusted in God and he let you down, just, you know, let me know. Let me know. Where, where has God failed you? Where has God uh, broken your heart? Mm -hmm. Where has God uh, told you that you have to be afraid to come to me? Mm -hmm. Friends, God is saying here that my love is so big that I've embraced the whole world in my arms. I love you so much that you can bring all that you have, all that you're dealing with, all that you've gone through, all that you've done, and I will still love you. Jesus teaches us how to communicate because he says it's not what it's not just what you say it's how you say it. Many times we say it and, and, and that 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 it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Well Jesus said it is it's what you say and how you say it. It, it, it's both it, it, it is it is the words that you speak and it's the attitude in which you speak it with in other words our words have power to take our relationship to a, to the new level of impact and intimacy jesus communicated truth in in love jesus words promoted healing and they called for greater faith and there's no doubt if we communicate like jesus then we will see some healing in our relationships healing in our broken hearts healing uh and hope provided for those in it is all in what we say. It's easy. Oftentimes we, we, we try to teach children to, to not be negative and, and to, to think positively about situations. Well, how negative are we most of the time? You know, you know, you know how negative when, when we wake up in the, in the morning and, and we've already spoken how the day is going to go. Uh, I don't want to wake up. I got to go to work. I know it's going to be traffic. Oh, when I get to work, uh, this is gonna, they're going to drive me crazy. This is just going to be a bad day. We, we wake up intentionally, have already outlined the day, and have called for it to be bad. But the Bible, I, I like in Psalms where it says, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It is not only the, the words we speak, it's the attitude in which we communicate. You know, we we encounter one another, and, and and it's so funny when we when we deal with one another, we're, we're so fake and false. With you know, we'll we'll c- come to one another. How, how's your day? And and you know, the general response is, oh, it's good. We lying, but, but most of the time, our days aren't good. But but we condition ourselves that that's the proper response, and because most of the time, when we ask the question, how's your day going, we really don't want to know. It's, 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 a, it's a, just a social thing. I don't, I don't really want to know how your day is going when I'm asking. You don't either. And you really don't want to be honest. And I don't want you to be honest. But, but that, that's what we do. But God is saying, why can't we be honest with one another? Especially in the church. Especially in the church. Should, if, if I ask you how your day is going, shouldn't I genuinely be concerned about you? Shouldn't you feel that, that because of our relationship that you can communicate, you know what, uh, PV, today's just not a good day. And, and this is why. I need help. And then shouldn't my response be, let me, let's pray. Let me pray for you. But not only let me pray for you, but how can I help you? Mm-hmm. That, that, that's, what, that's, what, that's what Jesus is wanting us to do in our communication. Mm-hmm. Third principle. The foundation of communication is trust. The foundation of communication is trust. Matthew 5 and 37, on the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus made this profound statement. He said, simply let your yeses, your yes be yes, and your no be no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Trust is centered around these two words, yes and no. Jesus simply is telling us he's saying that we must say what we mean and mean what we say he's saying to us if I can't trust what you say it doesn't really matter how great the words that you use are how often do we do we encounter situations when we should have just said no. Again, it's back to those social norms where we feel like we 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 have to be nice, and we have to say yes, or we we that's being rude. But but don't aren't there a lot of times when we overcommit ourselves or or put ourselves in 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 bad situations just because we couldn't say no, we weren't being honest, and and, and so the result of that. Typically is that we say yes to something that we can't do, a person is relying on us to do it, then we don't do it, and then now what? Trust is broken in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Trust is broken in a relationship. Jesus said, let your yes be a yes. Mm -hmm. If you're going to make a commitment, then stand on that commitment. And friends, I challenge us that if we're going to make the commitment to say, yes, I am saved by grace, yes, I'm living for the kingdom, yes, I'm a member of Cross Church and I'm here to serve God, then let our yes be our yes. Don't, don't make commitments to God. Don't make commitments to, to me or anyone else or to the church if you're not going to stand by what you're going to stand by. Because then, when you do that, now you have lied not only to us, but you lied to God. And you have not been faithful to the commitment that you made. And now, there is no trust. God or someone else, whether, you, whether it's God or someone else, not honoring your commitment always arose trust. Let me give you this example. Children pick up on this quickly. Every word and action has impact on, on, on our children. Suppose that your child comes to you and you get, uh, rushes up to you when you get home from work, and then they ask, hey, uh, mom or dad, I really want to go to the park. And you say, okay, yes, we're going to go to the park later on. Just give me a couple hours. And then for whatever reason, no matter how good the excuse is, no matter how solid it might be, no matter what happened, that yes, all of a sudden, turned to a no. For that child, he heard loudly, yes, I will do this. I made a commitment. I'm going to take you to the park. But when they hear that no, now that trust has been damaged and the communication and the trust of their heart has been hurt. For it, it, it is, it's that simple. That, that, that God is telling us that we've got to honor the commitments that we make. And if you're not gonna honor it, then shut up. I mean, you can't be you can't be more real than that. Then don't don't, don't answer. Be faithful for what you've been 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 that you said that you're gonna do. And if you can't do it, just say no. Just say no. Because look at what Jesus says. He says, Because anything beyond this comes from. The evil one. It comes from the evil one. We all know that Satan is the author of lies, right? Whether intentional or unintentional, however we want to paint it, a lie is a lie, right? Whether we want to say it's a white lie, black lie, or whatever color you want to put on it, a lie is a lie. Amen? You can't have high quality communication or high quality relationship without high quality trust. So friends, there are four main ways that we can erode trust through our communication. The first one we just talked about is lies. How many lies does it take to stop someone from trusting you? You're right, one. One is all it needs. One is all it takes. One lie is all that it takes to erode trust. The second thing is flattery. Aren't we so flattering to one another? You know, we 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 over embellish and add, so so flattering. But fla- flattery is is a positive lie designed to increase your standings in another person's eyes. And that's that's the definition. It is, it is a positive lie that is designed to increase your standings in another person's eyes. Another way we erode trust. You know, I don't know. Have, have you ever gone somewhere? And, and you see, a, let's say a concert, and you go to a concert, and there's a group of women uh, together uh, going to a concert, and you see that one particular friend, and it's like, I'm not exactly sure why she wore that. You know what I mean? It's like, that's just wrong on every level. And then, and then, and then you're like, how in the world did her friends let her go out looking like that? Or let him go out looking like that? But 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 we but we all know we've been in that situation because come on ladies come come on y'all got y'all been in these situations because when she comes out and she and she says she comes and all her friends in and all y'all say oh girl look you looking good yeah you working that you know all that and you trying to flatter and you're straight up lying. <laughs> But, but, but relationship is being honest. It's not, it's not just, you. I mean, it's how you say it. You know? But, but, but if we care for one another, shouldn't we, shouldn't we want to be honest? The great thing that I, I, I love about my in-laws is that's how their relationship is. They, and they'll tell you that. They, 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 are, they are honest with one another. But the basis of the honesty is love. The basis of the honesty is love. The honesty is love. That, that, that's the truth. And, and, and that should be the basis of the honesty with one another is love. It's love. The third thing is broken promises. Not doing what we say. How often do we use God as a reason for broken promises? We don't do what we say we're going to do, but we'll use everyone else and we'll use God even. As a reason why we didn't do it. Well, look, God, if you had, a, if you had given me this, or if I had that, or if it wasn't for this person, or if they hadn't done that to me, I can't honor my commitment because of of someone else. Don't we spend a lot of time blaming other people for what we've done in our lives. The third, the fourth one is silence. Just not saying nothing at all. Just not saying nothing. You know, we figure if we don't say anything, then, then we're good. But, but saying nothing still means something. You know, you, know, it, 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 you, can't, you can't be interrogated by a police officer and, and he's asking you questions about a crime and, 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 and you just say nothing and think that, that that absolves you of the situation. It just doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Saying nothing at all is a way to erode relationships. It implies that there's a lack of concern. It implies that there's a lack of commitment. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just—it it, it implies so many things to the person that you're in the relationship with. Mm-hmm. Friends, no matter what stage we are in our relationships, it has to begin with trust. The question that we have to ask ourselves, can God trust you? Mm-hmm. Can, can God trust us? Can he trust us? Think about that. Are are we we lying to God? Do we break promises? Do we just not say nothing at all? Can others trust you? Have you ever been promised things that, that you still... Have you ever promised things that you still haven't made good on yet? No time like the present to make those changes in our lives. In conclusion great communication needs love and this is how our heart talk and our connection with God and how, and how they are to talk and connect with others if we want to understand how to communicate God's way look at how God communicates his love to us the Bible says for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life it's out of the heart of God Romans 5 and 8 says, God demonstrated his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He says, as a father loves me, this is Jesus speaking, as the father loves me, so I, I love you. This is heart talk. This is how God's heart talk. He says, no greater love than this, than, than a man will lay down his life for a friend. This is God's heart talk. And finally brother the, the, the brothers and sisters the the best analogy of the heart of God comes in Luke 15. It is the story of the prodigal son. And we all know that story that the that there was a rich man that had two sons and the youngest son decided that he wanted to take what he had and he wanted to get his inheritance and he wanted to go. And so the father loving him gave it to him and he and he left and he, he spent it all up, and he found himself in a bad situation and decided that he would come home, not to be a son, but just, you know, just I just want to be a servant. And so in, in, in that 15th chapter, the Bible says this. So he returned home to his father, and listen to this. And he says, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Mm-hmm. It implies that the heart of the father, he was waiting for him. He knew that someday his son would return. Listen to the next part of the verse. It said, Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son. He embraced him and he kissed him. And listen to the words that he uses from his heart. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against thee, against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quickly, Bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and saddles for, sandals for his feet. And kill the calf which has been fattened, for we must celebrate. For this son of mine who was dead has now returned to life. He was lost, but now my son is found. So let us celebrate. Friends, this is, this is the essence of God's heart talk to us. That he wants us to know that, that he's waiting for us. That his love for us is greater than anything that we could ever imagine in life. Mm-hmm. And that he speaks encouragement. He speaks love. He speaks hope. Uh, he speaks the positive things into our lives. And he wants us to receive them and then reciprocate them. By speaking them to each other. Mm -hmm. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We close out this, this service today. We want to provide the opportunity for anyone that is seeking a relationship with God. The Bible says that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. That was the basis of his love. That he came to give his life. He came to give himself totally for us. And if you're seeking that relationship with him, all you have to do is, is open up your heart first. Just to receive him. Receive and accept what he did for you. And then once you, you receive and accept, then within your heart now, it translates to the words that you speak. And you say, God, I believe. And I accept what your son Jesus Christ did for me if there's anybody here today that is interested in, in accepting Christ into their lives just show us by the raise of your hand and we want to pray for you if there's someone here that has been living a life full of resentment and anger the heart is full of just just bad things in life it's been broken it's been abused but friends I I believe that if you will open yourself up to God that God can heal you of all those things yeah. but it begins with you speaking words and and speaking to him and asking him to help you in your life if you're here today and, and you want to grow deeper in relationship with God and and, and you, you need that prayer to help you to, to begin to open your heart and to trust again. Just show me by the raising of your hand, and we want to pray for you. And there might be somebody here today that would like to make the decision to make Cross Church their home, and make it a place where they can worship and want to be a, a, an actual covenant member of Cross Church. We want to give you that opportunity uh, to make Cross Church your home join our fellowship we are a church that that loves god and loves people and so we want to we want to show that love and express that love to you and if you want to be a part of this this family just raise your hand and we will accept you now most gracious god our father we thank you again for what you you have spoken to us today. We thank you, Lord, that your word says out of the overflow of our hearts come the words that we speak. God, I pray now that you will heal our hearts, that you will remove all those things that, that, that have kept us from, from really totally trusting you. And that that we will we will yield ourselves completely to you, God. That that we will let your love fill our hearts, and that through that love filling our hearts, that it will manifest itself in how we communicate and how we speak, and 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 not only to one another, but how we speak about our life, our situation, about our future. God, we pray now that you will you will just continue to let us sit down and have heart talk with you, and that we can tell you how we feel and we can tell you what's going on and God that you will not only listen to us but you will you will speak back to us and that you will you will encourage us and that you will strengthen us and God the answer might not always be yes but God we know that your grace is sufficient the answer might not always be what we would like it to be but God we know God that all things work together for our good and so we thank you God for